Joining me right now is surging UFC lightweight Drew Dober. What's going on, Drew? Uh, thank you for having me, man. I feel, I feel fantastic. Let's get into it right away. At the beginning of this year, you signed a major management deal. How has that impacted your athletic career so far? Um, it's it's pretty fresh right now. It's new, and so uh, we're still kind of uh, waiting to see the uh, the changes. Um, but uh, I mean, they're telling me a, a lot of big things, and they've already done a couple things for other fighters, and so I'm just looking forward to riding the wave. Yeah, it seemed like they have been doing big things. You know, Eddie Alvarez is part of that group, Bollingy group, if, you know, if nobody knows. Uh, yeah, he got a big deal with one championship, so it's kind of, the future looks bright for you. Right, right, right. Uh, and they have a ton of resources. Uh, it's it's a, a group of guys, and so it's technically an agency, and um, uh, they've worked with uh, other professional uh, sports. Uh, I guess really big on a baseball and so they're just bringing in all the resources of other, you know, professional leagues to MMA. And uh, I'm just excited to see kind of, uh, you know, their ideas and their plans for everyone. Yeah, definitely next level stuff for you. Now, right. UFC debut, you made it in 2013. You have 11 fights in the books. Looking at back at what you have been through, what fight changed you the most for the better, do you believe? Oh, God, there's so many, man. Like, when you talk about individual fights to a fighter, they're like they're all like little babies that we like, you know, <laughs> cherishing and, and keeping memorable. Um, I think right off the top of my head, I think my fight with Jamie Varner. You know, I think uh, I, I entered the UFC not with the greatest record. I was like 0-2, and, and then I had the opportunity to uh, fight a previous world champion and, and a guy that, you know, I, I watched growing up. And so, you know, I was all over that opportunity and then uh, – that win kind of proved to myself that it's like it, it's my time now and it's my time to kind of come into my own and, and make waves. Your last fight against John Tuck, you said you learned to be in the moment. When did you realize that was something you needed to grasp? Um, uh, being, I always consider myself a perfectionist and I have some high standards for myself. And what that kind of translates into is a kind of like a gym anxiety. It's uh, I have all these expectations of my performance and how I should be and, and all that stuff. And it gets to a point where I stopped thinking about my current round. And I started thinking about like the second or the third round or even my next training session or even like last week or even next week. Or it just like things just started to, to build and seem big. So then uh, I've been working with um, a man named Joey. Um, is a mental coach and uh, he kind of just really talked me through just bringing everything back into the moment into the now and what that really has helped me do is is just solving the, the immediate problems at hand and then not dwelling on the problems that may not ever exist so going into the fight with John Tuck it was while I was in the locker room all I was thinking about was the locker room. When I was in the pit, when I heard my, my name called, when I heard my intro music, when I saw all the fans and the lights and like I can truly appreciate it and be in that moment and be in the now because I'm not going to knock out John Tuck while I'm entering the cage. So why am I worrying about it? And then once I was in the cage, I mean, you know, Bruce Buffer has to do his thing and like I need to appreciate and live in the moment. And so as soon as that fight starts and we tap gloves, you know, I'm not – I mean – Every fighter would love to get like a two-second knockout, but I mean, it probably won't happen. And so, like, as soon as we tap gloves, we got to start setting things up. And setting things up is I got to move my feet, keep my hands up, let's start moving my head, and and that's the stuff I need to be worrying about in that moment. And then the knockout will eventually happen. 
you know, when you have those levels of stress, it's a lot of energy being expelled out of your body. Did you feel like you had more energy in the fights because you realized that you had to be in the moment? Yes, yes. Uh, I think the the big fight that um, comes to mind is uh, my last loss against uh, Oliver or Olivier. And uh, in that fight, I just could not control like uh, just the mindset. My mind was all over the place. And like both positive and negative, it was like swinging like a pendulum. It was like I was either overexcited or just like over nervous, and like I, I couldn't control that. And so, um, I mean, even just rewatching that fight, just the look on my face and just like my demeanor, like I wasn't myself. And so after that fight, I've I've done everything I can to pretty much just be myself, exaggerate, you know, how I feel I should act or like how I, you know, perform the best, and, uh, and then let things go from there. Yeah, after that fight, you have turned the corner. You have done incredible three straight wins over really good competition. Now, when you look at your com- your fight coming up with Benel Darius, right? What do you see of what challenges does he pose for you? Oh man, a ton. Uh, uh, just uh, I had the privilege of watching him fight live, and I've always been just you know I, I admired him. Like um, I think his one of his biggest strengths is his, his composure. You know, it's uh, he always keeps a calm, relaxed look on his face. And I mean, he maintains like that output or, you know, throughout like the entire fight. Um, and of course, his, his Muay Thai is good. He's, I think, a black belt in jujitsu. So he's posed a lot of problems. Um, but I I feel I'm better and I'm better in like every aspect of the sport. And, um, you know, just I, John Tuck was a black belt in jujitsu. And, uh, you know, it just it didn't phase me. And that that's the moment where I'm at now where it's just like I I can admire people, but I can no like I no longer give them the respect in the cage because I was like I know without a doubt that no matter where the fight takes place, first round, second round, third round, ground or standing, like I can hang with the best in the world. And going into that fight and just being in the moment, having fun, and then just knowing I can hang, like the fight's gonna be fantastic. MMA is all about advantages and inches and stuff like that. And when you're facing a southpaw, what advantages do you see in yourself against someone like that? Um, not to get, uh, let's get pretty technical, but, uh, yeah. being a Southpaw versus Southpaw, now, um, both of us are closer to the rear hand. So I always feel that, uh, when a Southpaw is fighting an Orthodox fighter, that, that, that power weapon you have is like a longer distance to travel. So when they switch their stance, now it's a little bit closer to me. So the, the, the pros are the punches I like throwing are more readily available for me. Um, but I think the the con would be for the con for both of us, like you don't see a lot of southpaws in training, and so even fighting another southpaw is still just as weird. All right, you said training is going well. It's a new year. There's all this new types of technology out there, different types of training methods. Have you added anything to your regimen? Oh man, I, I'm so incredibly lucky, lucky and privileged to be in Denver, Colorado, because. We're getting the the top end type of stuff out here. Um, I'm working with the Resilience Code, and they're just so Resilience Code teamed up with uh, Landau Performance. Lauren Landau is the uh, strength and conditioning coach for the Denver Broncos. They, you know, teamed up, and so now it's just like my strength and conditioning is just full of like just science and math, and like they this have this formula. And on top of that, they're looking over at us as far as like the mental side of the game. Uh, they look over for concussions, any sort of like 
injury prevention or even injury recovery after fights. Um, it's all done this one building. And of course, they got the the hot tub, uh, hot tub, cold tub, sauna, like everything that an athlete needs. So, I mean, it's just I'm quite privileged to be in this location. Definitely, it seems like you don't even have to go to the UFC PI. You got everything there. I think the, I think the only difference is they have it all in one building, and I might have to drive a little bit. But yeah, we have everything here in Denver. Well, in Denver, who have you been working with closely to prepare for dairy use? Oh man, we got a, we got a handful of guys. Um, just uh, it's a name dropping. I'm always working with Neil Magny, um, Justin Gaethje. Him and I have some tough rounds, but uh, I, I a lot of like top uh, you know up and comers. Um, Austin, who is just now the LFA champion at uh, lightweight. Um, we got Carrington Banks, who was a uh, he was on the Ultimate Fighter uh, between American Top Team and I think Black. Black Zillions? Yes, yes. Uh, like just really, really talented individuals uh, at Team Elevation. And plus, we have a lot of gyms here in Denver, and then we were like cross-train with like Factory X or, you know, a couple, a couple other guys. So just my opportunities of getting beat up are limitless out here. Especially with uh, Justin Gaethje, you guys are in the same division. You know, you guys are probably so competitive in, in, in working out with each other. How are those, you know, rounds with him? <laughs> I mean, I think people would pay money and bring popcorn for our sparring <laughs> sessions. The, the dude's a gangster. Like, he spars like he fights, and it's it's pretty entertaining. And I pride myself in being entertaining too, as well. So, it, it's it's definitely a lot of fun. But um, you know, we're 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 friends. We're we're teammates first, and so we try to take care of each other. We don't want to trade concussions too often. But uh, yeah, it's it's great. You are sitting on the edge of the rankings. Do you believe you're at the point to where guys in the top 15 are ducking you because it is too risky of a fight? Uh, I, I would say I am a risky fight. Um, you know, I think uh, my, my talent and then where, where I'm at in the rankings, they don't match. Um, but uh, I just got to be patient. You know, the, the time will be right. And I think this Darush fight is a fantastic opportunity for me. I'm going to go in there, perform on my best. And then, uh, yeah, any other sort of opportunity presents itself. I don't turn down fights. I'll take anyone in the top 10, top 15. Even when I'm in the, you know, top five, I'll still fight guys lower ranked than me. I just, I want to have a long legacy of fantastic fights. And if I'm just waiting for a title shot, that's not going to happen. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a company man. I'm, I compare myself to a Donald Cerrone that I'll just take fights and have entertaining fights. And I think that's what the fans want to see. Do you see anybody in the top 15 that shouldn't be there? Oh, God. Um, yeah, I, I don't really obsess over the top uh, top 15. So, like, I couldn't even tell you who's up there. Um, I know there's – I think my biggest problem with the, the rankings right now is just kind of like the, the cork at the top. There's like – we don't know like what's gonna happen with the champion. We don't know who's next for the championship out, and like I, I'm just I'm not a huge fan of that little uh, top uh, confusion. But uh, no, I, I honestly think that everyone up there deserves to be up there, and I think there's a lot of people that are, aren't up there that need to be up like that deserve to be up there too. The lightweight division in the UFC is is you know killer's row. There's so many guys out there. Yeah, the the stagnation at the top of the division is a terrible situation right now, but. It can be an opportunity for you. How does it impact you for a fighter in your position? Um, so, I, you know, I talk about this with my teammates. And uh, in, in my opinion, the rankings don't mean anything. Rankings can change. And it really doesn't matter because it's 
you know, if you are a fantastic fighter, you can be ranked nine and get a title shot. You know, you I mean TJ Dillashaw fought some guy defending his title, and I don't think he was even ranked. It was just like opportunities present themselves, and the only thing I can control right now is I'm going to go out there, put my hands on some people, make fights entertaining, and they'll put whatever number in front of me. But if I just keep winning and winning fantastically, you cannot deny me opportunities. You have been a big proponent of the 165-pound division in the past. Do you still believe this will happen? Uh, it has to happen eventually. Uh, I mean, I think I think uh, right now the UFC loves holding on to that nostalgia of like the 170 division. But, uh, I mean, once more and more athletes are coming into MMA and more and more talent and more and more names, like they're going to – they're going to need to have more opportunities to like feed these superstars and having a weight class every 10 pounds is I think, you know, a brilliant way. And then, you know, benefit for the athletes. I mean, you have guys that are too small for 70, but too big for 55, me being one of them, you know, it's like, I'm going to have to make a, a significant cut to 55, but I'm not big enough to fight 170. I mean, to be on the top end, it's like, you know, I stand next to Tyrone Woodley and I'm not that big. Right. And so it's either I'm going to, put in the necessary work in my weight cut to make the 155 so I can perform at my best, or I just have to suck it up and, and admit to myself that I'm just going to be a small end of the spectrum at uh, welterweight. You know, we, we saw with the Dos Anjos, he's talented, but he's still getting out muscled. And so I feel like that's where I would fall into as well. You got a lot of guys campaigning it just like you are. Askren was talking about a USA versus Russia 165 pound tournament. Would that interest you? <laughs> that that would be fantastic. Uh, maybe, I mean, the, the idea of having like a USA Russia like a dual format would be fantastic. It'd be super intense. Uh, yeah, I'd be all over that. All right. One thing before I let you go, uh, what can fans expect out of you for the rest of the year? More fights. I mean, that's I'm I'm, I'm signing contracts with the the, the Bollinger Group to get me more fights. So uh, I just want to be in the cage, be in front of the camera, and be under the limelight more often. So that way, you know, this, this, this time is short being an athlete, and I just want to take every uh, possible moment to showcase my abilities. So let's try to get four or five fights in this year. All right. It all starts on March 9th, UFC on ESPN Plus 4 in Wichita, Kansas. Thank you, Drew, for your time, and good luck on your next fight. Thank you so much, guys.